Hello and welcome to Castle Hill Cricket Chat, a podcast that's all about the Huddersfield Cricket League. Um, we're probably aiming for the world record in the length of time between podcast episodes since we recorded our first one way back in March 2020. Um, this was a long time ago, that. Um, but they do say good things come to those who wait. Well, you can be the, the judge of that one. Uh, in this first proper episode, I'm getting to grips with how this tech works and understanding how good or bad that we're sounding to you. Um, bring together people to talk about the Huddersfield Cricket League seeing unthinkable a couple of years ago, but here we are doing just that. My guests on this episode are League Chairman Trevor Atkinson and General Secretary Norman Clean. The league made a subtle but distinct change to their branding last month, so we'll find what all that was all about. And we're also going to discuss the challenges in organising a cricket league under the looming shadow of coronavirus and underline some of the real changes that's going to be in force for the 2021 season. Seventeenth, when the first match of the season is scheduled for. So, where are we at a view, a view to beginning the season, um, Trevor? Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Um, I think it's about four weeks today that uh, the Prime Minister announced that from the 29th of July, all outdoor team sports could recommence. And then we had a follow-up uh, email from ECB saying how pleased they were, and we could look forward to. A prompt start to league cricket. Now, since that time, which is four weeks ago, we've not heard anything from either the government or the ECB. So we see no reason why we shouldn't make a prompt start on the 17th of April. However, without any guidelines that we can follow, we're having to make a certain amount of assumptions on what may be the guidelines and to that extent we've we'll separate the season into two zones which will be a restricted zone to start the season and then that will move at some time we assume either during may or june into what we'll call the normal period or the normal zone yeah so so that's that that's hopefully going to be in may um so are there any contingencies uh, in place uh, in case you know that, that there might be a delay or a change of guidelines for the government? Uh, are the are the league um, uh, ready to you know uh, adjust or um, you know uh, apply any flexibility to that? Well, yeah, we have got a contingency plan if there is a delay of say two to three Saturdays. Then we, our main priority would be to have the full league program with promotion and uh, relegation. So to achieve that, bearing in mind that all the feedback we get from the clubs is that players don't want to play any more Sunday cricket than they already play, the plan would be um, to not play the cup competitions this season 
and therefore concentrate and have a full league programme and would have to fight two Sundays or three Sundays to, to fit those games in. But there wouldn't be the Sundays also utilised for the cup competitions. So the main contingency that we've got at the moment, Jamie. Obviously, coronavirus is still around. Um, so what, what, so what, how, what sort of things are going to be in play if, if a player contracts the virus? Well, the initial thought was that obviously if a player contacts the virus, then as per what we assume would be the guidelines in that game between his own side and the opposition would have cancelled. And it could be that the game they played the previous week, their opponents wouldn't be able to play. So uh, the current thinking is instead of using it as an abandoned game with the normal two points apiece, Look upon those games that were COVID affected as cancelled games, and the clubs who had those fixtures cancelled will get a number of points added on to their total in line with the pro rata number of runs of points they score throughout the season. So, if throughout the season their average points were getting a game of four, then the number of COVID games they had cancelled, say so they had two cancelled, they get eight points added on to their total rather than four. So it wouldn't uh, um, uh, affect the the better sides too much, if you like, by having only two points when they normally got six. So that's the that's the plan. That's the plan for those games. Coming to make the decisions for the format and, and how to start, when to start, it can't have been easy. Um, what extent did you... Did you go to when you settled on the format? What were the key motivators in settling for a 40-over start? Well, first of all, we we, we used the experience that we had last season in setting up a, a, a coronavirus-affected mini-season. And so in arriving at 40-overs, we took into consideration the, the likely climate in April and May and the fact that dressing rooms, tea rooms, um, clubhouses will, we assume, be closed. And therefore, we thought it would be a heck of a long time for players to be stood outside with nowhere to go and keep warm throughout what you know may or may not be a cold spring. So that was the, the thing that we were most in. Yeah, it's hard to predict uh, the weather. I mean, this time last year, the, uh, the weather was superb. And the year before... We've had some pretty chilly Aprils to start with. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to coronavirus itself. Um, and, you know, when that... I mean, th this time last year, I mean, you know, we were all preparing for a new season and all of a sudden it was thrown into chaos, really. So it was a huge challenge to all amateur cricket leagues around the country. Um, and it's unprecedented in, in the suddenness of scale. So what were the difficulties uh, in adjusting so quickly um, to getting the game on? From uh, from your perspective, well, of course, the, the problem was that we never knew when we were going to get started. We we had contingency plans, and they were changing almost week by week as as dates got pushed back. Uh, so indeed, I think there was a point probably mid June uh, when we thought we might not play any cricket at all. Then suddenly, of course, we got to go ahead about the second week in July. And so uh, I set up a subcommittee on myself, Norman and Phil Senior, and we, uh, we, you know, we use the Zoom meetings to uh, 
bearing in mind what we thought, what we knew were weather restrictions, that uh, we came up with, we thought a 30 over format was the best to keep people healthy. And that was the main, that was the main thing, keeping people healthy and, 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 and uh, being aware that internal dressing rooms and things weren't available. So we set on a 30 over format, which we thought was the best way forward. Now, I know some other teams went for a longer game, but from the information we had at hand, we, the three of us felt that was the best way forward. And indeed, the, you know, the, the executive backed us on that. So that was the thinking behind it. And I think looking back, most people say they enjoyed the cricket. Uh, some would obviously rather play longer, well, we all would. But um, our main rider was to keep people healthy. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, it played out quite okay, really. Um, you know, there were some... Com- uh, Decent competitive games. Um, you know, there's a couple of uh, interruptions along the way when uh, a couple of cases came came apparent, but uh, I thought it was uh, pretty good. Um, so, I mean, reflecting on the uh, the season, um, were there elements that you thought we, that you know, with the benefit of hindsight, were could have been improved on? <laughs> uh, possibly, with the benefit of hindsight, we could have played more overs. Possibly. But we didn't. That's what we settled on. And um, the only thing we would got a bit of a problem was there. Were, I think there were eight teams, eight clubs who could only put one team out. And it became effective to put all those teams in the same division. And uh, the, the only problem you look back on was that a very strong violence way inside was sometimes up against. Um, team from a lower division that weren't at full strength. So that, you know, there were a couple of games which were maybe a touch embarrassing. But other, other than that, I don't think we do anything differently, given the information we were given at that time and how it all panned out. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll move on to Sunday League now. Uh, this is a new a new thing for uh, the 2021 season. And uh, I'll direct the question into Norman now, because Norman's been involved as the general secretary, with the uh, creation of the Sunday League quite heavily. Um, so, Norman, uh, what what prompted the league to uh, explore the demand for extra cricket in uh, in this format? Well, uh, well, first of all, uh, good you. afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for inviting uh, myself and Trevor onto this. It's a pleasure to be involved in the yeah. league's podcast and a pleasure to be one of the first people to be involved. So, yeah, just going back to your question... It really stemmed from an email that um, was sent out by a club, I think it was Armitage Bridge actually, who copied in all the clubs in the league saying that they were interested in playing some Sunday cricket. So we picked this up and thought, well, if they're interested in playing some Sunday cricket and they're looking to arrange friendlies, it might be more prudent if we sort of pick up the baton ourselves and go to clubs and ask if they actually want to play uh, any Sunday cricket. Mm. Um, we, we know that... the Trevor touched on the thorny issue of Sunday cricket, which we'll come back to uh, shortly, I think, in, uh, in in the next part of the podcast. But um, people don't want to play Sunday league cricket, but I think there's an appetite out there for Sunday league cricket or Sunday cricket to be played. So, yeah, we, we thought we'd, we'd check this on and see whether clubs would be happy to play rather than have Armitage Bridge, for example, be the one that had to arrange their own friendlies, it might be something that lots of clubs wanted yeah, sure. to do. So, yeah, that, so basically that's 
that's where it all started. So, who, who would you say the competition's aimed at? What type of cricketers would you be expecting um, to be involved in third third team sort of cricket? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say we're not gonna have. It's not gonna be a third hmm. team competition. It's gonna be just a competition for people who might want to play some cricket on Sundays. And I think the main aim behind it initially was a, a, a sort of a a way of introducing younger players to play a longer format of the game. Um, it was felt, I believe, that moving from, say, 20 overs possibly in under-17 cricket to 45 overs second-team cricket was a little bit of a, of a bridge too mm. far, in a way. And although we're looking to play 40-over cricket on Sundays, it won't be as intense for these young players, and they will be given an opportunity, which is another plank of the whole thing as yeah. well. So it's to give opportunity, not just to young players, but also, for me, it's a good opportunity to people who possibly don't get that exposure on a Saturday uh, in, in league cricket. You know, they may be playing second-team cricket, they might not be batting the first few, they might not be bowling in the first few. So this gives clubs an opportunity to give people a chance to play cricket. I'm, I, I know it's a competitive sport, and, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a competitive person myself when it comes mm-hmm. to playing cricket. But I think we're going to look at it as being a game of cricket where we'll allow people to play, we'll allow those young people to play, as I said. We'll allow um, people to get an opportunity that don't oft, sometimes get an opportunity on a sun, on a Saturday in a league game. But we'll also allow people to play who can't play on Saturdays, who, for whatever reason, are unavailable. So it's like three different facets to me. Um that we're looking at here, and I hope it's going to be a I'm success. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure it will be. Um, the the differences uh, on the format between sort of second team cricket and 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 the and, and the Sunday league cricket. Um, what can you explain? What sort of differences they're likely to be? Well, the, the, the format we've got. Uh, if uh, I will mm. say off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be a, it's going to be a forty yeah. over competition, uh, and uh, limited. Bowling, uh, limited. Um, you know, I guess. No, so, sorry about that, Norman. So think... <laughs> no, it's all right. No, it's all right. I should That's be more right. prepared. No, it's. Uh, I think it's limited to eight overs per bowler or something like that. You're still sort um, of f- uh, formulating the actual um, format of it yet, a little bit. Yeah. Well, we fo- yeah. The, yeah, the format is the format is there, but I think it's what clubs make of it really. Uh, I'm hoping it's 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 a league competition, but I'm hoping that it's that the actual emphasis is going to be on taking part rather than let's win at all costs. And mm. I think that's the main thing. We don't want people to be bowling all afternoon, so I would expect clubs to actually give bowlers the opportunity to, yeah. to, to get involved, and obviously batsmen the opportunity yeah. to get involved as so well. So you might see you so, might see quite a few bowlers on each side, you know, sort of uh, eight well, or nine bowlers. Again, I, I think different. Yeah, I think different yeah. clubs will have different ways that they'll that, that they'll use it to their mm. advantage. So it's down to them really. But I, I'd like it to be on participation rather than competition. Sure. Um, like. I mean, back in autumn, that that is sort of when the league canvassed the opinions of clubs. Um, what was the response received back in general? Got a lot of interest, really. Quite a lot more interest than you might expect. Uh, at least a half of the clubs showed that they were interested in this type of competition, if I'll call it a competition. Um, at least some of them are playing in other competitions. 
uh, and 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 the other ones are in you know they 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 feel quite comfortable where they are some of them and I suppose the emphasis of the other competitions that they're in may be more competitive yeah. I don't know I don't think that's where we've come from I think we're coming from a a viewpoint of participation but yeah half half of the clubs that we canvassed half of the clubs got back to us and said they were interested they'd like to play this year or next year uh, uh, and something that might happen is that a club might be more keen to play this year because they're in a certain mm. position with juniors or with seniors and they may opt out the year afterwards but may opt back in the year after and clubs may opt in and then opt out so I see it being a bit of a, a flexible situation where clubs are getting as much out of it as they want to get out of it so you know it's not casting stone the the rules aren't casting stone the rules will be flexible as we go forward great so so um i mean it's uh, it's all encouraging on that side so that's that's great and um, we'll move to um another subject and uh, i'll i'll ask trevor this uh, on this um we took a bold step in refreshing the the, the branding and the way that, that people from the outside uh, view the league. Um, so I'll ask, I'll ask Trevor, uh, how, how, how did this come about? What was the trigger for this to happen? Well, if you look at the history of the league over the last 25 years or so, we were very fortunate that we enjoyed sponsorship from the Haig family, uh, James Haig and his wife, uh, who sponsored the league for over 20 years, and their company was called Drake's. And uh, the, the league historically became known as the Drake's League. I think looking at Huddersfield cricket, it, it helped in as much as they had the Central League and the Drake's League, so it was easy to identify the two mm-hmm. different leagues. And of course, the Central League doesn't exist anymore, so there's no need for that. And um, we felt it's about time for a rebranding, uh, if for only one reason, that... Um, it opens the door for potential new sponsors to put their own identity to the league. Uh, so that's 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 a, a, just a straightforward yeah. marketing plan. But I think there's a, a more fundamental reason for the rebranding. And again, it's a bit of a history lesson. But, but, but um, it concerns our standing within cricket as, as we are now an independent cricket league. Uh, obviously, we're part of the Yorkshire, Yorkshire scene. When a few years ago Yorkshire decided they were going to introduce ECB Premier Leagues, uh, whilst it's fair to say that they did involve us, some members of our executive in meetings to see what we thought. It's fair to say I think we showed generally a lack of enthusiasm for the project, although we did say that we wanted to be involved if it went ahead. And the outcome of that was then they were only going to take one Premier League in West Yorkshire they decided on the Bradford League and the offer they made to us was us to become a feeder league into the Bradford League, which would have meant really over a period of time, probably five, six of our top clubs losing them into the Bradford League. And not surprisingly, we didn't want to do that. And I think in all honesty, Yorkshire probably didn't expect us to do yeah. so. Um, I mean, one of the changes um, uh, that's come about in the recent uh, year that's unfolded is it's a situation regarding overseas players uh, and the ECB. Can you explain some of the restrictions, Trevor? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, historically, our, our league brought some wonderful overseas players in that's enhanced the league. I think it helps younger players to develop because I think younger players develop around good players. And... Um, 
the Home Office are now involved because obviously with terrorism and that, we've got to be very careful about who's coming into the country. And so the plans at the moment are to bring these top class tier five professional cricketers into the into the country. They are concentrating on the 29 ECB Premier Leagues. Mm. Uh, and, and we will probably be uh, frozen out of that if the current trend continues. Yeah, that's uh, something to definitely think about. Um, and um, I assume we're, we're, uh, the league are always sort of looking at the, the status and uh, and the relationship with the ECB, Trevor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there is a, a door is slightly open for us to apply to become an ECB Premier League. We will become the 30th. But to do that, first of all, uh, the, our league, the executive, all the senior clubs have got to decide whether they want to take on that responsibility. And if they do, uh, then the Yorkshire Cricket Board have got to allow us to do so. And that's by no means certain. However, if we don't, I, I, I do fear that we'll start to lose influence within the wider world of cricket. And I do think it's a conversation we need to have amongst ourselves. Otherwise, I think we do possibly stand a chance of being left behind. Um, I think Yorkshire could help us a little bit. I think they could. We are kept at arm's length as a result of not wishing to be a feeder league. And I think they could do a little bit more to, 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 to accommodate us. Uh, but obviously, that's down to them. We... we, we, we or was it available to talk to them? But I think there's a conversation right now that needs to be started over where we stand in, 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 the, in the wider cricket. So it'll be a case of what's this space, I would imagine. So, yeah, thanks for that, Trevor. That's uh, quite interesting about the rebranding of the league. Um, we'll move on to changes and uh, adjustments for 2021, and I'll bring Norman back in for this one, because Norman's the General Secretary, he deals with a lot of the... Uh, uh, the voting and the rules revisions, the uh, proposals sent in by clubs. So the, the annual general meeting in December saw the results of the voting on the rules pr proposals um, that were sent in by clubs and also some that were proposed by the league executives. So let's talk about some changes people should be aware of when, when the new season begins properly. Um, one of the more significant ones that comes to mind uh, was a revamp of the, well, now 101-year-old Sites Cup. So can you tell me about the changes that were met approval for that one, Norman? Uh, yeah, um, I, I, yeah, realistically, each season, I think we feel that the winners of the Sites Cup, um, and to a, possibly to a lesser extent, the Paddock Shield, they just come from a select band of clubs. Uh, and many of those who have previously entered the, their first 11s were, were, were sometimes on a hiding to nothing each year, really. Uh, mm. uh, some some years I've, I, I, some years for some years I've sort of been championing the rights of all first eleven teams to enter yeah. this competition. I felt it's a bit like the FA Cup; you should all have a chance to win it. I almost think that it's not on as level playing field as the FA Cup because cricket is not a game where I, you get too many shocks. Yeah, I must at admit, there's, level. there's not been many teams... other in the last uh, few years. Um, oh. There aren't, there aren't. If you look at the FA Cup, just talking about football, you will see that you've got, you know, a lot of non-league clubs this year, strange year though it was for football, really pushed in the FA Cup and and, and mm. Chorley and Marine, they did really well against professional outfits. 
But at cricket, even even at league level, you know, our Premiership has got eleven good players in it quite often. Each team, and and, and they they're gonna be too strong for some of our first eleven. So. Bearing that in mind, I think we felt that it was it, it, it would be better to try and limit it just to the top 32 clubs. And in doing that, limiting the top 32 clubs, it still is a, a massive gulf between top and bottom. Yeah. So um, the thinking was that we would hopefully give some clubs an opportunity to play in an alternative competition rather than the Sites Cup. So this also means um, a return to return uh, of the Oddfellows Cup and the Earnshaw Cup, which uh, which which was was part of the the, the league schedule uh, a few years ago. It was, yeah. I mean, they have returned, but they re- returned under a different guise. Really, they're you know they they they're serving a different purpose now. But um, before we move on yeah. to those two, if I may, it's 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 not just a good idea that the executive had. To put this forward, it was a good idea in my opinion, but it had to be voted yeah. in by the clubs, and I suppose therein lies the the issue with lots of what people might think are good rule changes that they have to be voted in by the clubs and they have to gain a two thirds majority. Uh, significantly, in this one, only six of our clubs out of the forty two clubs voted against mm. this, and an amazing stat for me is that all the 10 lowest ranked clubs who traditionally would have been entered for the Sites Cup, all of them voted not to take part in this, or all of them voted that the top 32 clubs should be the only ones that take part in the Sites Cup. So it's almost thinking, yeah, we, we, got, mm-hmm. we got it right here. Um, you know, they want the stink about us not letting people enter. It was more, a, uh, yeah. that's good now. We don't have to enter. We can enter, as you just alluded to, the Oddfellows Cup for yeah. first 11s and the Earnshaw Cup for second 11s. So, sorry, go on, Norm. Well, I, I would just, if, I, if you want to expand on, yeah. the, on, on the Oddfellows Cup, the Oddfellows Cup will be a cup for all those clubs who aren't qualified to be in the mm-hmm. Sites Cup. Plus, it'll take in, I think it's the, the lowest ranked from last season's or 2019's league programme clubs who are eliminated in round one. That'll make up 16 mm-hmm. teams. When round two of the Sites Cup takes place, there'll be 16 teams in that. So the Oddfellows Cup will run in tandem with that. So Sites Cup round two will have 16 teams. Sites uh, Oddfellows Cup round one will have 16 teams and they'll play to the same rules with bowling restrictions and, and power players and and leg side wides and fielding restrictions and so on, which will be a bit unusual for some clubs that take part in it because that's yeah. not what they used to. But they're going to be the rules of the comp. And it's the same for the Earnshaw Cup as well. It's going to sort of mirror the Paddock yeah. Shield. So, again, top 32 teams, Paddock Shield, the rest, Earnshaw Cup, and the losers make up the 16 to play the Earnshaw yeah. Cup. So, um, I mean, the Earnshaw Cup, I've got very fond memories of were me being a Delph Dobcross supporter. But uh, we had a, we, we won that um, back in 2013, I think, and it was a turning point for a lot of young lads playing uh, who were struggling for confidence a little bit in the league and uh, and they just seemed to, seemed to get a bit of a, the rub of the green in the Earnshaw Cup. So it was a, it's quite a, 
I think it's quite fondly remembered by some some teams as well, and it and it results in a final as well. You know where you get, you know, exactly they get the chance to play exactly. in front of a, a reasonable crowd if the weather's well. Um, another exactly. another significant rule, which was rejected, um, was making all divisions consist of twelve teams. Um, I mean, this pops up every 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 year. I would say in in different guises. Can you talk me through this proposal this time? Well, yeah, it, it, it's it, you know, a lot of it stems around Sunday cricket. Mm. We've talked about Sunday cricket. We're creating we're creating a Sunday section now, so people can play cricket mm. on a Sunday if they wish. But I, I feel it's 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 the the people in the Premiership. A lot of the players in the Premiership, I feel from from talking to various people, feel that it, it is a little bit of an issue having to play what amounts to four extra Sunday league games. I mean, they are, these clubs you talk about are usually the most successful clubs, the strongest clubs. So they'll be successful in the cup as well. So they will be playing cup competitions as well. So they will be playing league competitions. So it's it's having demands, I think, on our players. Um, And, you know, as players do get a bit older and have families and so on and so forth, it, it does impinge mm. on the family life. And I think that this is where the whole proposal really comes from. If You know, it's, it's one I, I'm passionate about. I, I would really dearly love us to have a 12-club mm. premiership. Not only do I think it would place less demands on players, which I think is one of the main things, but it would also promote a more competitive cricket Playing twenty-two league games, not twenty-six yeah. league games, would would create strength within the league. Uh, and even though we have this Premiership, quite often the Premiership is divided into sections as well. So the the fewer, you know, more homogeneous league we can have, the more competitive I feel myself mm. it would be. So I don't want to beat about the bush and go around the houses. I feel like I have done almost there, <laughs> trying to justify why the proposal was put in. Although it was put in by a club this year, not by you know any member yeah. of the executive. But it is something I feel strongly about. But I mean, it's it's, it's something that's always divisive, isn't it? Uh, if this sort this sort of thing, I mean, it it, it 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 tends to, you know, sort of go slightly one one way, doesn't it? You know, uh, and and it's quite an even even split. I mean, it, it didn't receive it didn't achieve a two thirds majority this year. Um, so how, how do you feel that uh, what how come what was the what's the reasons do you think that, that people um, decide or the clubs decided against it overall? Well, we've had proposals in from clubs in the past, and the proposal reads something like, uh, uh, "We want a twelve club yeah. premiership." That's it. Yeah. That's a proposal. Well, it's very difficult as a club to vote on a mm-hmm. proposal like that. Because how do we arrive at yeah, the, the, the knock-on effect uh, that, that that creates? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> the ramifications mm-hmm. of what you have to do to put a twelve-club premiership into place could affect mm-hmm. lots of clubs, and it does affect lots of clubs in various ways. I mean, the proposal this year, which was put in by a club, was that we uh, basically create seven mm-hmm. divisions, and within those seven divisions. You can have promotion and relegation up to and including divisions three to seven, I, yeah. th- I think it was. So, you, we, 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 what we, we, no, you can have promotion from one to seven, I should say, but what we can't, what we didn't, what they didn't want to do was to promote second 11s into the championship. 
So what it would have done, yep. if I'm making myself clear, was create promotion relegation throughout the system. So apart from the top two divisions, which would be totally first teams. So all of a sudden you've got that to look at and you're thinking, well, do I want that for my club? Well, I could be a weak club, if you like, playing in the conference. If my weak club goes into Division 4, which would be Premiership 2, I wonder whether it become even weaker and mm-hmm. go into Championship 2. And, and, and my Division 3 club might become a Division yeah. 5 club. And I've no doubt that, that some Premiership clubs, some strong Premiership clubs, would start to move into Division 3, which would be yeah. mm-hmm. the conference, where we've got mm-hmm. Ireland swaying already. So, although I would be a supporter of the 12th Club Premiership, th- th- I know this would make some clubs stronger and some clubs weaker. It might make the strong get stronger yeah. and it might make the weak yeah. get weaker. Um, if I go on, <laughs> which I'm able to do on this topic, I can yeah. carry on forever. You know, you, you, uh, some of our 14 clubs in the Premiership wouldn't want to be relegated. So, if it becomes a 12th Club Premiership, they've less chance of keeping the position mm. in the Premiership. Some of our Championship clubs see themselves possibly as being mm. Premiership yeah. clubs. So with a 14-club Premiership, they feel they've more chance of getting yeah. into the Premiership. Yeah, there's, there's lots of different angles to look at that. Um, and, and you could, you could, you could, like you say, you could, uh, you, could, you could go on for quite some time. Uh, uh, I could go on a, for a, a long time. A, a decent podcast host would now move on to the next... Uh, the next line of the uh, agenda, which is, uh, if you don't mind, Norman, <laughs> is that subtle? <laughs> well, no, no. Um, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, okay. Professional mass back on um, a club proposal that was approved uh, was the was the ability to call off second eleven matches early, which which I think uh, a lot of people have been you know sort of looking for that that, that as a change for some time. Is that a, what do you think? Is that a positive move for the? Yeah. Personal view is I, th- I think it mm. makes sense, really. I think it makes sense. It's, it does make sense at second uh, 11 yeah. competition level. Not 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 trying to decry that competition, but it does make sense. Uh, who wants to when you, travel? When you know it's going to be off. Know, uh, when it happened, yeah. When yeah. you know it's going to be off. Uh, weather forecasts these days seem to be quite predictable, don't yeah. they? You don't slip up much. You seem to know exactly what's happening at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Um, so it's one of them really the traditionists will say we should always go because you don't know what's going to happen it might fine up everything might dry out and you get a game of cricket played and you know I've I've got sympathy with that view I've probably got sympathy with that view as you go up the cricketing ladder if you like that when you get to the premiership you don't want to be calling it off at 10 o'clock because what can happen in a few hours you know, you've seen grounds mm-hmm. dry up, and all of a sudden we didn't think we'd play yeah, today, but yeah. we are. So I think yeah. it's a move. It's 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 a move forward. Um, for me, I think it's a good thing. We, we could even do it higher up the ladder. I think if we had certain contingencies in place, you know, we we've seen football games called off to stop travelling mm. at national level, where. You'll get a referee in who says this game isn't going to be. This game isn't going to take yeah. place. Uh, the uh, there was eight rule proposals in total. I think they, they they were the key ones. Would you say the others were a little bit sort of admin-y type type ones? Yeah. 
Yeah, with that, off the top of my head, I yeah. don't know what they all were, Jamie. You've caught <laughs> me on the hop again there. But yeah, they, they are admin ones. But really, I think it's. I'd like to see clubs take a bit more ownership of yeah. what goes on in the league. And, and, and I think they're. It's down to the clubs to actually look at look at what's going on and say, you know, rather moan and groan uh, at a keyboard. Mm. Or a what they want to do is <laughs> uh, or a smartphone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cheers, Jamie. Yeah, or a smartphone. Yeah. No, you're right. But what they want to do is say, what do we think could be better mm. about this league? We think this. Put it down. Let's see what other people think. It's just easy in you know in April to say. Well, why are we doing this and why are we doing that? But it's it's not we. It's it's everyone. It's the clubs in the league and the players in the clubs that the league is there for. So, please, you've got to make the voice known. And this is the only medium we have at the moment to change rules. It's via a rule change that you put in on the thirty first of August. Mm. Well, we'll see what comes so, in next year um, or this year, later this year, rather well, coming after the season, don't they? Well, I hope something does yeah, come. Yeah. Um, Trevor's been waiting very patiently for the next one, so I, I'm going to move on sorry, to the next, uh, the, the final part uh, of our uh, podcast episode, which is about umpiring. And Trevor, as a as an umpire yourself, um, and you recognise the difficulties by uh, the list of umpires, which seems to ever shrink every year. Um, the the league just introduced an umpires pool to support the umpires in 2019. So how do you feel that umpires pool has been progressing since since then? First of all, I've just got my dictionary out to see what homogeneous means. Oh, God, I hope I've got it. I hope I can. Yeah, I hope I can chip in. I hope it's the right thing to say. <laughs> anyway, it's nothing to be ashamed of anyway. Um, <laughs> umpiring, yes. Well, you know, we in Huddersfield, we're no different to uh, the vast majority of leagues throughout the country that everybody's short of regular trained umpires. The numbers are going down nationally. Uh, they've been going down for the last 20 years. Um, the reasons, I think, are probably a lack of respect for authority. I think umpires now have to earn respect rather than it being a given. And I think that year in, year out, there's more and more responsibility put on umpires. Uh, you know, the, all these subtle rule changes uh, just make it harder every, every year for, an, for the umpires. And uh, there's a later one this year, of course, with Douglas Lewis, which puts more pressure on an umpire. But um, uh, so I think, I think there's all sorts of reasons why people aren't going into umpiring. Uh, but um, we still find ways not to encourage people to come. So over the last few years, um, I mean, when I joined the association 20 years ago, uh, I think we had about 70 umpires. Uh, on the list, and sometimes you didn't get a second team match, you know, because there were, there were only 26 teams in the league, I think, then. Uh, but um, that's now changed. Uh, we have been massively supported by the clubs with the club umpiring system. Most clubs do provide an umpire, club umpire for second team cricket. That's worked well. And then we've also, a couple of years ago, we introduced the pool, and now we're looking at people who don't want to umpire every week, they're not part of the club, they don't want to be a member of the Umpires Association, they don't want to take exams, but they are available to umpire occasionally when they've nothing else to do. And I think there's probably about eight or ten 
people who, who, who are prepared to umpire occasionally. And it's very important that we keep in, in touch with those people when the clubs can't get a club umpire, uh, that those, those chaps are available to come and help us out. So um, over the last couple of years, Chris Fridler and Steve Sykes done a great job looking after the pool umpires and now it comes to Raymond Bissett this year, I'm sure he'll do it. Yeah, Ray, Ray's um, t- uh, t- um, changed his role, hasn't he, within the Umpire Association uh, uh, for, for this coming season. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron Tindall had done the secretary's job, I think, in excess of 30 years, has stood down and he's now the president of the association. And Raymond, who was the president, has now taken over from Ron and he's the, the Umpire Secretary. I'm sure uh, he's vastly experienced in sports administration, so I'm sure he'll do a splendid. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm sure he'll, he'll do a cracking job. I think a lot of people have a lot of uh, affection for Ray. Um, he's been around the league a long time, so uh, look forward to uh, uh, seeing him uh, in the new season. Well, gents, that's come to the end of the podcast. Um, I'd like to thank you both for uh, uh, taking this unique step into um, helping me record this podcast. There's going to be plenty more of interviews and. Uh, that we, we hope to do some match day reviews after the weekends uh, to chat about the action that's happened so that should keep people engaged thanks chaps thank, thank you Jamie thank you and I just looked to form a genius as well I'm <laughs> pleased with that very good right okay all the best enjoyed that episode of castle of cricket chat we can't leave without asking for a small favor from you of course so please drop us a review wherever you subscribe to your podcast it literally takes seconds to do and it really helps as we get started on the podcast ladder i hope you can tune in for our next show soon we've got some fascinating interviews planned with current and former players along with people who support the league in other ways don't forget if there's someone you'd like to be our guest to come on and talk about a significant champagne moment or a deep dive into their career or even just send your feedback to the show. You can get in touch by sending a message to the League Twitter account or head to the podcast page on the website. There's a contact form there to send your message. Finally, follow the League Twitter account for news of the next episode dropping and subscribe to the League's official YouTube channel too. You might find the odd tidbit making its way onto there. You can find both accounts easily enough online. Just do a search in the Castle Hill Cricket Chat. Thanks for tuning in and listening. I'll see you next time.